Mr. Saxo Beat. Alright, welcome again, third recording, Uncle Jim of the Coneheads. Um, today we're going to be going over big bracket talk with Ethan Cohen, Ethan, sorry, Ethan Cohen, um, discussing all of our picks for the bracket and just interviewing Ethan on how he did it. Um, we're doing this over, yeah, L'chaim, as Harubi said, we're doing this all over FaceTime, so we're not going to stop just because of the coronavirus or the Wuhan virus or whatever you want to call it. Um, so to, to go into the interview with Ethan Cohen, he wants to lead us in a Jewish prayer to start. So Ethan, take it away. Ah, thank you, Ethan. Lahayim. All right. So share you. All right. So. For those of you at home who might not know what's uh, going on here, so there are 67, 67 founding fathers and final the data and 68 spots in NCAA tournament bracket. So we've made a bracket, or Ethan actually started this beautiful, this beautiful pastime. I uh, created a bracket for the founding fathers, uh, and it'll be filled out by the brothers. And, you know, as chairman of this board, as an aspiring XFL quarterback, Head of the Sicko Mode Initiative. You know, where do you find time for all this? Walk us through this. Yeah, so, um, you know, with all this free time due to the quarantine, I was sitting around. I was actually in the shower. That's where my best ideas come from. That's where I get most of my TikTok ideas. I'm sitting in the shower, and I'm like, you know, there were 67 founding fathers, and there's 68 spots in a March Madness bracket. Yeah, we should do something like that. Popped out the shower, threw it in the GC, and I got immediate, like, feedback. Everyone was loving it. It's like when, uh, you know, it's like when you tell a good joke and the boys all, you, you threw out a dumb idea, but it, it, it hit. So I was like, we're, we're going to do this. Um, I have an important question. Did you or did you not get a lot of likes in the chat? Because that really you know, goes a long way. Yeah. So that's where I got most of my positive feedback. I got like maybe, I think like 10 likes. I'm not really sure how many. Like, 10 <laughs> but 10 likes in that group chat is usually, it's pretty good. You know, I average probably two and a half right now. So, game 10 was a huge, you know, it's like dropping 50 bombs. It's a pretty good uh, ratio. Yeah. Now, walk us through your, um, kind of your process for picking out these seeds and creating those four different regions. Because yeah. I think that's, you know, some a very interesting concept and takes a lot of work. So, please, you know, you have the floor. Yeah, definitely. So, um, first thing I thought is, all right, there's four sides to the bracket. Typically with basketball teams, need, you know, it's all, it's like north, there's like north, east, west, I think south, like that's what they call them. <laughs> in different directions, yeah, that's what they call them. Um, and I was like, all right, so I got to find four ways to like break these guys up. Like I can't do their, like where they live, you know, because we have like three guys from the Midwest, like, you know, it wouldn't work. So I was like, all right, and you do like eboard guys that like, they'll like Sue's eboard. I'll do the clowns. I was like, all right, where we got the clowns? And I, what, I don't know if you guys noticed, but I purposely put them on different parts of the bracket. So that way you don't get the eboard and the clowns, which I think are the strongest regions, going up against each other in the first place. Absolutely. You're, you're right, going right. to get a um, Going with that, though, that also means that the – so I, then I was like, all right, there's a lot of guys that were like, who? So I was like, we'll have a who bracket. And the last one was the hardest. I was sitting there, and I was trying to think, you know, what I did is I kind of already grouped people in my heads and, like, what they all, like, fit. I was missing, like, that Zach Case, that um, John Beamstra, Brian Yao. And I was missing that group, and I was like, those are all wholesome men. 
Oh, yeah. The, the type of guy you want to bring home to your parents, you know? Yeah, without a doubt. Like, just the type of guy when you see, you're like, man, I don't know what he's doing. He could be murdering somebody. You're like, it's all right, man. Like, he's doing it for the right reasons. So, Veenstra um, could definitely murder someone, and I think I would just turn a blind eye. I, I would allow Veenstra to kill someone. I think I just did it. I think that's it. Um, but yeah, so I made, so once I had these groups in my head, I kind of, I think I sent them in the group chat and Kevin Kopp, I texted him, I was like, yo, anyone want to help me? Text me immediately, love the idea, this and that. And, um, you know, he's a pretty reliable guy, I'd say. So I, you know, he, without me even asking, he just sent me the groups with all the founding fathers because he remembered them. So I was like, damn, okay. So at that point, I thought that was the hard part. The hard part was seeding it. First four or five in each region were pretty easy, kind of your top dogs, but then like, Someone like Pete, like, he was in the wholesome bracket because that's the only place he really fit, even though I'd say he's more of a clown. Clown. But, like, but, like wow. at that case, like, it was an interesting it was an interesting place to put him. Do I put him high up in the wholesome? Like, or should I put him low in the wholesome? Because then I figured, like, he's not that wholesome. But then I thought, you know, let's just base off these guys' legacy. So that's why, I like, say Zach Case, right? Not only is he wholesome, but, like, his legacy is at the top. He could have been in that four bracket. But, um... And then, since we do have 67, not 68, that's where Gort got thrown in the mix. And looking at the bracket, I mean, he's going to he's gonna beat PJ on his way in. <sighs> Gort is going to make a run. Gort's a 16 seed that I have in my final four. I, I think Gort is dangerous. Especially in this region. In that region, it's a bunch of schnobodies. It, literally, it's called who? So, <laughs> yeah, and I got stuck with it. <laughs> Good paper way to have one on my desk. I like that. Great answers. 
Okay. Um, you're playing a three-on-three basketball game against Mamu, Miles Kale, and Miles Powell. You have to pick two other teammates out of these four people. Gavin, Brett, Danny Wright, and Ben, your brother. Okay. Okay, wow. <laughs> this is good. This is really tough. I'm not going to lie. One easy answer. Yeah, so, the one, so I've been playing a lot with Ben, and he has this ridiculous right-handed hook feed that he can get in. It's unblockable. My dad doesn't understand what's going on. It's too new school for him. We're going to go with Ben because Miles doesn't play defense, so Ben's going to go to the rack, and Mama always turns around questioning why there's no one in the paint when he's looking. We're going to go with Ben. Um, next right answer is Danny Wright, um, purely because he has a wet three, and he uh, he doesn't pass the ball, so I don't have to worry about shooting. There you go. Nice. Roman, question? Me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not the other Roman. Um, out of those three players, who would you guard? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, you said Miles Kale, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm guarding Miles Kale. Actually, actually, yeah, I'll guard. No, I'm. I don't. I feel like you would keep up with Miles Powell's speed. Yeah, you know? I. Miles Kale's more of an athlete. Miles Kale's gonna yam on my head. So Ben will guard. You have Danny Wright and Ben absolutely play Mamu. <laughs> Thanks, E. Thanks, E. All right, we're back. We're going to start going over our picks for each part of the bracket. Um, we're going to lead each – we're going to each lead a different section. Um, I, myself, will start with leading the e-board section of the bracket. So, you guys, looking at this section, um, I want to say one guy, two guys that I think got a little gypped in terms of – or three guys that got a little gypped in terms of their seating is one, Josh Corpus, I think is a little low. Um, I definitely think he should be at least a, a six or a seven. Um, I think that Mike May being a 13 is sneaky. Um, I I think he he's another guy. I know who Ruby loves him. Um but I think he should be a, a one through six, even though he punched me in the face like a month and a half ago. Um, I'm losing in the first round. I do too. No, I definitely do too. <laughs> but, um, and then another one, Chris DeSelms. Now, this one, I mean, as a seven seed, I don't see him. I, I can understand why Ethan put him in as a seven seed in the eboard region. Um, if he was in the Clowns region, easily a top three guy. Um, he has the makings of a Cinderella story, I think. He does. No, he he really does. Like a Loyola Chicago type of story. Yeah. yeah. He's the yeah. seven seed that everyone tells you to pick. Mm-hmm. 
I will say there's a lot of good first round matchups in this bracket, more so than maybe some of the other regions. There's some strong contenders here. Yeah. A lot of big eboard players. Yeah. So, uh, what are your guys, what's your Sweet 16 uh, matchups looking like in this region? So, I have Mario versus Wing um, mm. and Bert versus Chris DeStellens. So, the big upset there being Chris DeStellens over Mo in the second round. I think that's a big one. And other than that, I have, uh, I have Chalk for the most part. I have Mario squeaking by Josh. Maybe like uh, a last-second free throw or... You know, it's deep three from the corner, but, you know, that was a contentious second-round matchup. But, yeah, Mario Wing, Bird Chris. Interesting. Me, myself, I have Mario Koff, Bert DeSelms. I think Koff will get by May, and then I actually have Kilty over Wing. Um, I think... 5-12, always dangerous. Uh, that's what I'm saying. The 12 seed here, I think, is dangerous. When you look at the other 12 seeds... I don't see the same danger other than other than Pete, but I don't see the same danger. I see Kilty as maybe being that guy, um, but I think Koff will definitely push through um, just on his legacy. Um, and yeah, that's that's what I got for my sixteen. What about you, Rome? Well, I got the same thing as Jim. I got Mario and Wing. I have Wing beating Koff by slightly, maybe like three points, like last second shot to seal the game. And then I have Bert and the uh, Selms um, on the other part of the uh, eboard bracket, only because I could see Chris with his humor and charming good looks beating Mo by slightly a few votes. And has I think the height Chris advantage. has the height advantage. And the height advantage. And you can't forget, the man's always rocking a fresh haircut. The man has mm. never not looked like he just got out of the barber shop. You know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's my respect. Mad respect points. I, I believe I have the same Sweet 16 as Pooch for this. Mario, Koff, Bert, DeSelms. You know, it sucks almost that Mo is going out so early. Huge legacy. We're going up against DeSelms. Someone who is the only Hall of Famer in softball history to sing the anthem before the game and then also pitch a victory. So DeSelms is bringing a lot to the table. And let's and Evan Kortik has a 15. That's that's a good matchup. Yeah. yeah, let's let's talk about let's let's talk about Mo's seating for a second. Cause as somebody yeah. that was as somebody that was founding president, not only to get the two, but to go up against DeSelms in the second round if he even if he gets by Cortic, I mean that's I a really tough seating. That that is a tough seating for Mo. I mean you Mo you would, would welcome it. I know he would, but I mean, you you would you would hope that a guy of his legacy would maybe get an easier run of things. You know what I'm saying? So like, like you almost you almost. If Mo's at the one, is Mo then in the elite eight? See, no. Here, I think I think. Well, yes. If Mo's at the one in this bracket, I think Mo's in the elite eight. In my opinion. That's fair. I agree. I but think he also would have he would also have an easier run of things if he was at the three in this bracket too. Yeah, I think I, at the end of the day, the roadblock is DeSelms. Yeah. He's just, he's a local legend. DeSelms is just Kentucky basketball. He is. Always greedy, always hungry. <laughs> <laughs> no matter how shit of a team they have, they're always making a run on everyone's bracket. Okay, so. The household name. So, Roman and um, Sherry, 
So you guys had the same exact Sweet 16, same with me and Harubi. What were your Elite Eight and Final Four picks? So I had... Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. All right, Elite Eight on the eboard and wholesome side or just just eboard. Okay, I have um, a tight tight contest between Michael Wing and Chris DeSelms, and um, uh, that would be Wing beating Mario, um, only slightly. I think Wing's charisma and his charm throughout his four years as being a fighter um, will definitely get them there. Get him there, just because Mario. Not everyone knows him. He's more of a laid-back guy behind the scenes. And then I have the sound beating Bert, only for one reason. Bert is the only eboard member that should be on the clown side for sure. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> that's the reason why he will not be making it to the next round. Now, who do you have in the final four there, Ro? Final four from the eboard, I have Chris DeSelms. Whew. All right. Popular pigeon himself. Popular pick. Sherry, what about you? Jim? I have the same Elite Eight. Um, I agree that I think Wing edges out Mario, you know, with the charisma. Now, DeSelms, he has, you know, a tough matchup with Shane, you know. A lot of respect there. Shane has a lot of intel. Uh, as we mentioned, tough matchup with Chris uh, versus Mo. I think Chris blows out Bert in Sweet 16. This is his statement game. This is when he lets everyone know he has a rise. Because, you know, Chris doesn't come on too strong. But like in softball Sunday, he makes his presence felt. I think he does it against Burt, runs him out of the building, and then I believe he will beat Wing to go into the Final Four as well mm. from the Eastport region. Me personally, between Mario and Kauf, I actually have a little bit of a surprise in Kevin Kauf beating Mario. Um, I think it, I think you know it, that Mario has pissed on someone before. I do. Do you know that? I do know I, that. I also I also know that Kevin Kauf has smoked a Blunchki on the roof ski. Ooh, <laughs> damn. Okay. I knew my math was off. <laughs> um, I think I think it's a really tight game up until the last uh, up until the under under four timeout, and then I think Kauf just blows him away. Couple threes, couple key defensive stops, and he wins by nine or ten. Um, I think he pulls away late just because he has that ability to kind of both of these guys are both under the radar guys, but I feel like cough when, when the chips are down, um, can come out more than Mario. Um, as for my other side, I agree with Jim DeSelms, I think will tear Burt up. Um, but then I think DeSelms will kill cough too. I have DeSelms in my final four. Ruby. Yeah. Um, yeah, I have Mario versus Cough. I, I picked Mario because of the pissing. I mean, you bring up some good points, but I just can't turn a blind eye to that man literally pissing on people hammered. Um, Bird versus DeSelms, another tough one. But DeSelms, I mean, elite risk chair, just bringing so much to the, so much to the table. I agree with you guys. He's going to run away. And then I got DeSelms beating Mario. Sounds in the final four, ready to make some noise. All right. All right. That was fat. That was eboard. Um. Now we're moving on to wholesome. Roman, you want to take this one? Yes, sir. So, um, round one matchup. I have Kate's and Lily winning. I landslide round one, easy matchup. And then I have the meeting. And for the first slot in the sixteen, I have Zachary Case beating Nick Lillig. Um, Zach Case with his charming smile and 
a little bit in that though. Um, then we have Pete and Dom. Unfortunately for Dom, uh, he never match Pete's racism and antics when he's drunk. And for that reason, I have Pete DeSantis. And then following, I have John Veenstra and Antonella. I heard uh, Antonella packs a mean hog, but I think that's all he's got. got I think that's all he's got for him right now. But John Veenstra, smooth ball, friends with Miles Kale. Um, got to pick him there for the Sweet 16. And then last, I have Anthony Viazzi against Brian Yao. Yes, the matchup we've all been waiting for. <laughs> I have Anthony Biazzi beating him by a landslide oh. in that second week because you know I think Ant was gonna like kind of like lose to Reagan at first, but he kind of comes back with you know his charm and his beard comes back nice and manly, and, and the then bush. he uses that momentum yeah, and beats Brian Yo. Mm-hmm. And don't forget about the bush, of course. Well, so well, walk us through Strand versus Pete DeSang this first round. A lot of people clamoring about that. Well, here's the thing. Strand might come off as, you know, big and tough, easy matchup win, but you can never, you know, downgrade Pete's charisma and his low-key sense of humor that will have you falling on the floor. So, you know, Jack Strand's got some good yucks in him, but you get a few beers in with Pete, Pete DeSantis, it's game over. Yeah. Yeah, no, um, I think this region, you know, I have the exact same Sweet 16. And I feel this region is pretty top-heavy, uh, pretty chalky with the exception of Pete. I think it's just because, you know, as wholesome as some of these individuals are, you know, it takes more than just that to advance in this bracket. And that's why we got some, you know, heavy hitters like Ace, Pete, John, and Anthony making them my Sweet 16. My, my Sweet 16 looks a little different. Um, I have Case... Strand, um, Aunt Zanella, and Brian Yao. Um, I think Brian will beat Tony because of that sixth man off the bench in Jacob Black. I think Jacob Black will do a, a come off that bench. He'll be yamming threes down the throat of Tony. Tony won't know what to do. He'll be sitting there. He'll be playing teardrops on my guitar. He, what does Jacob Black have? <laughs> he's coming off the bench. You don't understand what the, the, the power of the sixth man. Um, I think Ant Zanello will take down Veenstra too. Um, like Roman said, he packs a mean hog. Um, I've heard. Um, Monahue has told me. Shout out Monahue. Um, He's also uncircumcised. Also v- very uncircumcised. Shout out to Ruby. Um, <laughs> shout out Sosa. Shout out Wes. <laughs> Oh my god. Oh jeez. Put everybody on blast. You guys have magic, <laughs> Do you guys have a group hey. chat together? Oh, god, but I love that idea. <laughs> god bless up only brothers are only fans. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Um but yeah, no, I have I have Strand. Not only is he beating Pete, but he's beating Dom too. Um, I just think Strand's one in a million. I think the man literally is a is a, a walking. Yeah, he may after this he may be he may have to go by the goat. He may legally need to change his name to Jack the Goat Strand. Um, if we win, we should be. If he wins, we should be worried about that. Oh yeah, we should be really worried. Um, I don't know what well, I don't know what Ethan would do first of all, um, but Ethan gave him this situation to put him in. Ethan gave him the hardest twelve seed to see if he's actually the goat. I know Ethan did that. 
Ethan yeah. did that on purpose. No, Ethan's been annoyed about the goat talk. Ethan wants to be the goat. Yeah. All right, Rubes. You're your sweet 16. Yeah. Um, I feel like for the most part I was agreeing with Roman. My sweet 16 is going to be um, Viazzi, without a doubt, going playing up against Veenstra, which is a hard one, but old man Tony has taught me so much. I see him going past Veenstra in the Sweet 16. And then I got Pete versus Case. Just such a tough one. Such a tough one. Um, but Pete, I mean, we've kind of talked about that charm, that humor. I, I personally can't vote against him. We'll see if the people differ. But I see Pete winning, even against the tough matchup in Case. Because Pete is... Pete's that underrated brother that you want to talk to at the party, you know? You've had a couple brews. Maybe you've already talked to a few girls. I'm stumbling over to someone. Who do I want to run into? It's Pete, you know? He's going to say some dumb shit that's going to be a good yuck, like Roman was saying. See, I would disagree with that. When I'm at a party and I see Zach Cates, mm. my uh, homosexuality kind of increases. <laughs> Um, Zach always has he's that. A you know, he's a he's looker. He's a looker. He's a looker. And you know what helps? He calls me cute every time I see him. So mm-hmm. you know what? That's already brownie points. So I have Zach Keys coming out of the wholesome and making it to the final four. How about you boys? Pete. <laughs> I couldn't pick against Pete. Yeah. I I personally have a have my my St. Louis man, Jack Strand. I mean oh. I want them to be playing Gloria. Um, when he gets to the final four and he gets out of the wholesome bracket, I have him against Aunt Zanella. Um, two big giant pieces going at each other, um, and I think Strand comes out alive. I think it's like that last. It's the battle scene. Yeah, it's the battle scene in the Last Samurai where Tom Cruise is walking across that battlefield in all of his samurai gear, and that's gonna just be Strand. Just strand walking across that battlefield. He looks at somebody and he just yells, play Gloria. And Gloria just starts playing as he continues to walk on through that field. I think it would just be enormous for Strand. It's it's great for the brand. I mean, you could definitely see him going on a run. I think that first round matchup versus Pete will decide a lot. Yeah, I agree. Me? I have... I have Case edging out Pete solely because if we're going to call, you know, a spade a spade, Pete might be the least wholesome individual I've ever met. At some point, that's got to take a, you know, come into play, and I think that is extremely wholesome. I have John Beanstra beating the Aussie, and then I actually have John upsetting Keith mm. on to the final four. I just think his hairline, you know, being a little further back adds to his wholesomeness. His true relationship he's been in and the fact he knows, you know, what it takes to be an RA. So, I think John was Shout out. on before. So don't think he wears Jesus shoes, too. That is John's true. John's a big Jesus shoe guy. He likes them Birkenstocks. So. Yep. And that voice is, is so soothing. Put you to sleep in the best way possible. I want to hear something. Hallelujah. I've also played intramurals with Vinch. Can confirm he's golden arm, would treasure him if I was any fraternity that cared about athletics. Yeah, it was a pleasure being his backup point card. <laughs> Shout out, Beastra. Shout out three minutes a game. <laughs> All right, 
Herbie, want to lead us in clown the clowns part? Yeah, let's do it. Clowns, I mean, my favorite side of the bracket, mainly because there are a whole bunch of clowns. A lot of great options on this side as well. I think first round, you have some easy wins. Like Tommy Pasquale's not going out in the first round. Austin O'Reilly versus Quinn's a little interesting, but I still see... I see Matt Quinn edging that solely because he won that tequila contest. That was horrifying, but impressive. <laughs> um, I see Moose going through. I see Sherry going through. Santi versus Colton is interesting. I'm going to pick Santi just because his cultural impact is pretty much unmatched. I see Jay going through. Connor O'Reilly versus Connor Moss is a hard one for me, too. Personally, love O'Reilly. I think Connor Moss really made a name for himself. I see him squeaking through. And Montague Eddie, roommates, former roommates, I can't see Montague losing that only because he's started some of the most electric rumors Fidel has ever seen. Uh, second round definitely starts getting a bit more difficult in this bracket because, again, it is stacked. I have Tommy beating Quinn. I have Sherry going past Moose. But then, ultimately, that leads to the Tommy-Sherry matchup. I'm going to have to hear your thoughts on that, guys. Uh, right after, I have Jay beating Santi. Tough choice. But Jay Shaw, a lot of the new guys know him. A lot of the old guys know him. He's just popular throughout. You know, been holding positions from day one to now. And then Mossmont, I have to go Montague. So for Tommy-Sherry, if you guys have that, who are you guys going with? You first. I mean, yeah, I pretty much have the same Sweet 16 as you, Ruby, except the only difference is Santi instead of Shaw. Um, yeah, that's respectable. And I think that one is honestly a toss-up, too. I think Santi's in two that's tough matchups between Colton yeah. and Jay. Um, I think he will come out alive, though, after that first-round um, matchup against Colton. As for Tommy Sherry, I, this one is – this one – one of the toughest sweet 16s one of the tough one of the toughest sweet 16s we have in this bracket i mean i'm looking at my bracket in general i don't see another matchup that's like this this could literally be a final four matchup in its own right yeah this could legitimately be a final four matchup even sherry moose it would have been my damn final if i had to yeah they meet there even at the end of the day you know sherry's bringing so many so much recruitment knowledge to the table brotherhood studied abroad you know international man but tommy pasquale has all these funniest brothers tucked in tucked into his arsenal you know won so many awards for being funniest brother constantly showing up to my house without clothes on bursting into roman's room even when his girl's over i mean tommy pasquale's impact also so hard to underrate yeah agreed i think in a close matchup i have tommy Edging out Sherry by a fucked up foul call at the end, which results in Tommy banking and then hitting the rim five times and then making it at the buzzer. <laughs> um, but that's a, that's how close it's going to be. It's going to be um, close. But if, if I have to choose, that would have been my final. Sherry and Tommy. But unfortunately, we couldn't get that. And to be honest, I think Sherry could be on any part of this bracket. Except who? Except who? Of course. Clowns, definitely a clown, definitely a leader um, within the community of Fidel, and then definitely a wholesome guy. He's been, you know, he's almost a married man. 
been all over the world. 4-0 GPA. He's had five times. <laughs> this man kisses his mother before he goes to bed every night. Like, doesn't drink. Doesn't drink. Doesn't smoke. Doesn't drink. Nope. This doesn't body drink. is a temple. The body's a temple. We call him Buddha for a reason. Right? <laughs> we literally, if you've ever come to fifth, you've heard us call him Buddha. Like, he's literally the Buddha. If he like, did not live upstairs with us, it's a fair guess to say that one of me, Roman, or Pooch would be dead by now. Yeah. If Sherry yeah. didn't live upstairs, one of us would be dead. I probably would have been dead. Personally. Yeah, my money's on Roman. My money is a thousand percent on Roman. <laughs> I, too, will put my money on Roman. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Still alive, but I'm barely breathing. Oh, keep going, keep going, keep going. I don't know the rest of the words. Pretty God that I don't believe in. Well, yep. And I have um, Tommy moving on. And I have Montague beating Jay Shaw in a close post game as well. Me too. Me too. Because... If we look back at the history of our jokes and the group chat nonsense that goes around, Kevin Monty is responsible for over 70% of those jokes. And the other 30% belong to Daniel Capucci, but that's besides the fact. But, uh, you know, Kevin Monty <laughs> probably is taint. You mean Justin Sosa's taint? Yeah, sorry, Justin's taint. It's Justin yeah, Sosa's yeah. taint. <laughs> Just so everyone knows, that was Sosa's taint. Yeah. Not Pooch's. Overall... I have Tommy beating out Mont as well and then reaching the final four. I would have to agree. I feel like this is a very chalky region, you know. A lot of, lot of contenders at the top, um, so not too many upsets here. I actually have Jay over Mont just because Jay can make me laugh without actually saying anything to me. He's just a funny guy, funny actions. Watching him run is the most entertaining thing you could ever see on a sports field. So he gets the edge here solely because I think he would make Mont laugh too much on a basketball court, and he would be so determined to win. Because you've seen those gym snaps. This man does not like to lose in anything. Not so Jay versus Tommy, and then Tommy advancing to the final four. Fairly briskly, too. So. Yeah, I, I have Tommy Mont. I think Montague, in my opinion, if there was... Um, let's say instead of who a clowns part two, I think Mont takes number one easy on that. I think Montague and Tommy are honestly interchangeable in my opinion in terms of one and two. Um, they both are so close in terms of being clowns. I think this is the toughest. I think this is the it's this matchup and the Tommy Sherry matchup are the two toughest matchups in the whole bracket. Um, I have Tommy though squeaking by Mont. Seems like we all somewhat agree that Tommy is at least the front runner for this bracket, or for this side of the bracket, you know? There's a lot of ways it could go, but it seems like we kind of think it's going to be Tommy. Well, let's be real here. It's the clown section of the bracket. Who's the biggest clown we know? Tommy. Tommy, that's Tommy. So, can't go wrong. All right. A good way to put it. Sherry, lead us, lead us with the last section. Who? All right, the who section. Now, this is where she gets wrong. You know, every year in the NCAA tournament, when there actually is one, um, there's a lot of shit that goes awry in one of the regions and fucks everybody up. And this year, we have the who region for that. So these are some of the guys that, you know, when they walk in the room, you're like, oh, shit, what's up, good to see you. And you don't have many other conversation points beyond that. 
not not to say they aren't great guys, but you know they're in a sense kind of forgettable in the grand scheme of things. So, Drew and Toledo is our one seed here. You know, Cat Fisher, four point GPA. Um, you know, kind of blends in in the crowd. And so, a lot of these matchups honestly were pretty tight. It kind of depends on how well you know them. But me, I had uh, I had Julian Toledo beating Court. Um, I know some people might differ with me on that. Um, we got Billy Tony versus Kevin Mendez. I have Chris Webb moving on, Alex Ty moving on, good buddies they are. Dan Callahan, I think, is a strong contender here. Nick Kenyon, shout out Transfer. Ahar and Tong Shong. And my Sweet 16, I have Billy Ray Tony because, you know, for those of, you know, for those listeners at home who might not know him, this man is a walking joke. I mean, you could just pick a fight with him about anything. He's, you know, easy got to laugh at, easy got to laugh with. I have him in the Sweet 16 upsetting Julian or Gord, regardless. I think he's a tough matchup, tough out. Alex Mataya, moving on, just because, you know, he always had his, you know, opinions on things, a couple of complaints here and there. Shows up sporadically. I think that's critical to advancing in the who bracket. Then a horrible Kenyon. Madden player. Really? Never played him. Never played. His, you know what about Matai, too? His hair looks the same every single Every day. time. He, it it's not, not that he's actually that bad at Madden. He's just one of those players that only runs with the quarterback. Mm. Only. Just rolls out and books it. That's pretty soft. He's definitely a Mike Vick kind of guy from like Madden 04. Soft. Then I have Kenyon. I think he's a huge player here just because, you know, the legacy that he left behind. And Tong Shong duking it out in the Sweet 16. So that's my Sweet 16. How about you guys? Honestly, this is a dumpster fire. You could have whoever you want. Yeah, it's a, I think this is where we'll definitely have the most variation. Yeah, in my Sweet 16 for the Who side, I have Danny Callahan against Christian Rosales. Christian beating Kenyon. Only because Christian always had that swag that no one else really had. And I remember being a freshman, and I was like, damn, who is this kid? And, like, he really fits with the who. Because he's, you know, he's a great guy, he's a cool guy, but at the what? end, everyone's the who. And he's um, all so, the radar. Yeah, so that's why I have Christian Rosales. And then I have Chris, I have Cali beating Christian Rosales. And then I also have Brandon Barkowitz beating Bayar. And I have Anthony Tungchung beating James Maglione. And then, in the end, I have... Daniel Callahan and Anthony Tung Chung uh, going against each other with Daniel Callahan coming out at the end. You know, you make a great point about Cali. Um, I think every great fraternity has that kid who just doesn't graduate. And Cali is that for us. So, you know, to discount him and not have him advance in the who bracket, I think, will be a disservice to him. So, it's all okay. I got got Cali winning around. Yeah. For uh for mine, I have <clears throat> um Julian Toledo in my six, sweet sixteen up against Paolo. Now, I think some of the younger guys might not know Paolo, but just going to Tommy's apartment and seeing Paolo every now and again, I mean the jawline, the look, the model look, he has all the right stuff. Sculpted muscles. Huh? Paul's live by the way. Sculpted muscles. Sculpted muscles. He has all the looks to be a thirteen to be a thirteen seed Cinderella in the Sweet Sixteen. Um, bottom half, I have Kenyon versus Maglione. Maglione obviously does not seem to be in terms of you guys popular pick, 
but I think that Ken that I I think that he'll beat out. I have him beating out Behar, and then I have Kenyon beating out Cali, which I think will be the toughest matchup in this region. process very seriously due to James Maglione, you know, being on top of me and on top of the class to make sure we learn our chapters and how to be great brothers. And I really learned that and exemplified that throughout the process. Wait, 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 wait. Can I just butt in real quick? So, so what you're saying is you, you, you modeled the way you did your process kind of after Maglione. So you were on top of the Epsilon class. Yes. You were on top of every single one of them. Individually? Yeah. No, because one man is no man. Yeah, no, no, but but you were on top yeah. of them. Wait, so you're on top of them as a group? I was on top, and like you were on top of your fight. I I was okay. I like to be on top because you know it's not the size of the class; it's the motion of the commotion. Gotcha, gotcha. I was just I was just wondering if if you were on top of the class. Or if, like, you were more of, like, let the class do what they want, like, I'll kind of be at the bottom. Like, I just didn't well, know if, like... I, I told Jacob Gerard one time, I'm like, don't be at the bottom. Because, um, like, with, like, bigger men, I mean, I mean with bigger personalities, I like to be on top. Yeah. Um, and, like, I just show them the way without them really talking or making much noise um, while I teach them. But going back to James, um, he also had nice... Hoo-hahs too. Um, I actually got a touch. I actually got a scoop him one time um, for fun, and then he reminded me that he's my educator and that I should not do that. Um, personal mistake. Never happened again. Are you but, talking um, about scooping him? Yeah. It was a joke. It was a joke. I knew it. Yeah. Happens to the best. Yeah. Happens to the best of us. Did I? Right. I don't know if I mentioned my sweet sixteen. I'll just say it quick. I have Gore. Beating Matai in the Sweet 16, and Kenyon beating Behar. Yeah, me personally, I have Kenyon moving on to the Final Four. So we're here now. We're at our Final Four. Just for the people at home, run through your Final Four real quick. All right. Uh, so. start. Uh, okay. Um, right now, it's Eboard versus Wholesome side. It's DeSelms versus Strand. Which, what a matchup right there. I mean, two best friends um, just going at it at the teat of the, uh, of the tournament. And <laughs> I can't give a straight face. <laughs> I don't think I said that right, but I just wanted to use the word teat. <laughs> teat? Yeah. Uh, I think you nailed it. Okay, word, word, word. We'll cut that part out. We'll cut that part out. Um, uh, and I have DeSelms. Uh, beating Strand. And then on the other side, Clowns versus who? Tommy versus Kenyon. I think Tommy to walking in a park. 83-49 victory. Um, and then DeSelms Tommy in the final. I mean, what a final. I think it's, in all, in all honesty though, I still think this might be the third best matchup. It's, it's one of the, it's, it's the top three, it's a top three matchup. I don't know if it's the best matchup out of all these guys. Um, but I see DeSelms actually beating a powerhouse in Tommy, and we're having a seven seed win wow. it all. Wow. 
true Cinderella story. Yeah, I'm kind of with you, Pooch, um, although we differ on, um, you know, wholesome bracket, but I think it will end up being Selms and Tommy in the final with the Selms at your mouth. Not a, not a runaway victory, but, you know, seven or eight points is the final margin. I think Chris, you know, really set the tone and his legacy will live on. So for that reason, I got him winning it all. I agree with Sherry. I also and Pooch have the Sounds beating Tommy, but I have the Sounds beating Zach Case. Who, to me, is the most man in the first And then I have Tommy beating Ali by a close margin. Just for any of us, we'll get a quite a good amount of votes. Cali, I think. The final four of Chris versus Pete. Final four against Tommy Pasquale. I see Tommy going through. I think a lot of us have this Tommy DeSelms final. It's a popular pick, but I just I can't pick against Tommy. You know, I'm a man of yucks, and I'm a I'm a stand by that. I think Pasquale is gonna find a way to win this, and then be an absolute asshole about it and make us all hate it. The fact that he won. Yep, I agree. That might happen. All right. So this was our full rundown of the bracket. Um, it was a great discussion. It was a, It's a special edition of Uncle Jim and the Coneheads. We're going to have a couple segments for you coming up now. Um, Jim, you want to lead us with the first one? Yeah. yeah. So the first one is we're going to go through apps to download during these trying times so these might have been apps that you played back when you were young blood but you may have forgotten of you know in the heat of college or whatnot but you know as we know we're all stuck inside for a bit so you know give these a download see if you beat your high score just great for the yuck so i'll start i have three listed here i got words with friends i got um sky burger and i have temple run Three mm. legendary apps. Temple Run. So you think about your iPod Touch back in the day, you know, the one that you kept in your drawer next to your bed with lotion, tissues, all that. But you also had, you know, your game folder in there. And all three of these apps were, you know, a critical part of my childhood. I'm sure many others. And so for that reason, you know, we're the friends. You collaborate with other people. You can play against them. You know, I personally use the cheat dictionary all the time because I have a shitty vocabulary. Except for today's SAT word, rendezvous. Wait, say it again? Say it again? Once quarantine's over, Uncle Jim, rendezvous. It's French. Yes. French origin, not spelled like it sounds. R-E-N-D-E-Z-V-O-U-S, rendezvous. So once this quarantine's over, Uncle Jim, the Coneheads will be rendezvousing in Fifth Street. That's your SAT word of the day. Something like that, where's the friends that score a shit ton of points? Skyburger, you know, I love hamburgers and I love, you know, the game challenges you. And then Temple Run, which is legendary, um, played on the bus in the morning, just coming through a lot of shit. And honestly, yeah, it's a great game. So my three. Uh, I guess I'll go. I think hands down the number one for me is Trivia Crack. And I'm just like sitting in class literally battling my friends over the like randomest topics and honestly trivia i'm just a big trivia guy in general so that's a fun one for me i think it'll keep you busy 
Uh, Doodle Jump is another one that crazy throwback. I think everyone remembers playing that at some point. Definitely worth re-downloading and just trying to beat your high score, like Sherry said. And finally, I don't know how many people play this one. Probably Dan, but Score. It's a great soccer game. Had to throw one out there. Just simple, but still fun. Doesn't take up too much time. You know, it's Score's a good one. How about you, Ro? Bro. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> no, no, you go. You go? Amigo? Yeah, you go. Okay. I think top three, Flappy Bird. Classic. Even though it was controversial back in the day. And, I recall. And um, I remember people sold their iPads for it just because uh, it was, like, deleted off the App Store for, like, suicides or something. Yeah. But um, I don't know how true that rumor is. But then I know this isn't a game, but... um. I don't know if you guys remember Uvu. Oh, coming home from school, getting your homework done late at night. I, I really thought Xbox. you were about to say Pornhub. No, <laughs> but you and your boys would be on Uvu. Maybe get a girl in there for a group project. Um, that was a classic. And then, then uh, uh. I don't know if you guys know this game, um, but, um, soccer. Yeah. Um, you draw the pattern and stuff. That's the game. You can do the real mode, dude, like, playing years older. Yeah, that was a great one. All right, Pooch. All right. Finish strong. My three are, I mean, this one might be kind of insensitive to the times, but play gink. Um, <laughs> play what? Play gink. Um, I know I've, I might have done that a couple times already um, it's a really fun game it was it was a really fun game back then um, redownloaded it recently and it's really fun that's all I really have to say about it Pokemon Go I think we missed that I think it's a really good one I mean just it, that one really hit home in the summer and like I just remember me and my boys yeah it, me, me and my boys literally Running a, running around the the town, just trying to find all these Pokemon. It was just a great time. Um, and then my last one, Fruit Ninja. Um, I remember six thirty a.m. on the bus going to middle school, and you're just sitting on on your phone listening to some some young Mac Miller. Um, a little no interruptions by Hoodie Allen. Shout out Ruby. Um. And you're just sitting there and you're playing Fruit Ninja. Um, it was just a great time uh, and it really brings back a lot of memories. All right, Sherry, those are my three. Sherry, what is the next um, and, okay. and final segment? First, um, you know, Ruby made a good point about trivia. You know, trivia is always fun. Enjoy it, challenge your friends. Uh, Uncle Jim and the Coneheads welcome any challengers for trivia. You get a team of four and play us. Uh, winner gets the case. We will not lose, so, you know, but we'll welcome a challenger. So, throw that out there to the listeners. Second, our next segment is called My Worst Purchase. So, looking back on your life, what have you blown a shit ton of money on for absolutely no reason? So, who wants to start? Um, I'll start. Okay, yeah, go, Ro. It's very simple. I've been doing this for about eight years. I've blown about $10,000 on nicotine alone. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I go through my tax statements. I'm like, oh, wow, I made a shit ton of money. And I look at my car. I have about 250 sticks laying in my backseat. But I'd probably <laughs> stay at nicotine. Easy. Hey, don't sugarcoat it. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Mine, mine would be last year after Game of Thrones ended. I needed my fix for Game of Thrones. And any normal person, they'd go out and buy the books to read them, to, to learn more about everything. I did not. I bought the board game. <laughs> but not only did I buy the board game, I bought the extension to the board game. But I didn't realize that at first. So I spent about $40, $50 on the extension to the board game. And when it came, I was so excited. Saw it. None of the board pieces were in, just the extension. I read through it, and I went, shit, I need the actual board game. And that was another $50, $50, $60 that I need to throw down the drain. So I ended up spending about $120 on Game of Thrones board game. Now you'd say, okay, that's a good purchase if you use it all the time. I've played once, and not even fully understanding the rules. And it took two and a half hours. It, it's it, it's bit, easily been my worst purchase of all time. I don't know why I did it. Um, I bought the book probably two months after I bought the board game, so I stopped even trying to play the board game. Um, and it's currently taking up dust in a box in my room at 5th. So if anybody ever wants to play Game of Thrones board game, I'm, I'm fit because I've never I played it once. Again, uh, so excited to play that game. <laughs> yeah, can't wait. I, I actually am excited, but um, this is a hard one. Nothing that like really came out to mind, but I do remember senior year of high school. Um, I bought this like really, it was like a really nice ring or bracelet for my girlfriend, and yeah, we we, we ended up we ended up breaking up. I ne- I never gifted it to her yet, and then like a month a month later. You know, I'm, I'm packing up for college or whatever. I just, like, stumble across it. I'm like, well, obviously, I'm not going to give it to her. I was like, it was, it was like, something Disney-specific. So I was like, I'm not going to, like, just give it to, like, my mom. Because, like, that's weird. So I just, like, when I went to Ukraine, I think I picked some random family member and just gifted it to them. And, like, they absolutely loved it. They... They thought it meant, like, so much to them, but, like, it was 1,000% just for my ex. Way too much money. Completely regret that purchase. I could have given that Ukrainian family member a box of chocolates that were $5 and had the same impact. So, not, not, not entirely thrilled about wasting a lot of my high school hard-earned, earned money on that one piece of jewelry. That's rough. Alright, mine, um, so, in my senior year of high school, uh, I knew, you know, there'd be a lot of graduation parties coming up or whatever, um, and so I needed, like, a nice pair of shorts, I wanted a nice navy pair of shorts, so I got them from J. Crew. they ended up being, like, 70 bucks, but I needed them, and I'm so impatient when it comes to, like, online shopping, so they didn't have my size and waist, they had, um, a size down, so I just ordered the wrong size just because I want them so badly. So I went to the first graduation party. Literally, my nuts could not breathe. These shorts were so tight. <laughs> and so we're playing... Open up. Yeah. We're playing... Um, what's that game? Can Jam. 
And I go to like make an athletic play or whatever, it just rips right down the middle. So Ooh. I end up burning seventy dollars and have a hole in my shorts at the middle of a graduation party. That's a good the one. toughest of scenes. So yeah, that was an absolute waste. Got one use out of it. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, we'd like to thank you all for joining us. Uh, you know, obviously, not the most ideal circumstances, but here with the Coneheads, we like to make the most of it. So we'll be back yeah. soon with more content. You know, challenge us in trivia. Get ready for Game of Thrones board game night if you're into that. We'll Please email Wright 3 who you'd yes. like to see next week on the podcast. Yes, we're always open to suggestions. All right. Oh. Harubi, sing us out. Recording. All right, Ralph, get ready. Freestyle, ready? Mm. Mm. My name is Sherry. I got a lot of ball cheese. Call me Chucky, because I got the cheese. Hey, I drop him down with a lot of ease. To the floor, I get your girl. To the door, please leave. Party, your name is Caitlin. I don't like it. Yeah, Ooh. I'm out of stuff. <laughs> I'm blue, ba da bee da da. What's the song we did?